Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 201. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Clues. The indie rock sister duo have returned to our airwaves for the second time in 2022 in the form of their new single, Everything is Heavy. In today's episode, we're speaking with co-frontwoman Lily Richardson about songwriting with her sister, her experiences as a female identifying artist in music, and Easter eggs within the band's music. Here we go. Our guest today is one half of indie rock duo Clues. Having burst onto the scene in 2018, the sister duo have built a following with their candied grunge sound and have supported the likes of Albert Hammond Jr. and Portugal the Man. Late last month, they released their brilliant new single, Everything is Heavy. Please welcome to This Song is Yours, Lily from Clues. How are we? Woo! I'm actually good. <laughs> this is actually... Um just the end of my work day and, you know, just the, the icing on the cake of my afternoon. Look, I very much appreciate that we are the last thing. There's only freedom standing between. <laughs> um, we're standing between your freedom. So, look, I appreciate it, Lily. Uh, no, you're not. You this is my freedom. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> well, I, I was going to discuss, firstly, that you are no stranger to podcasts that – this isn't your first rodeo that we did have the Love Clues podcast last year for a period of time. And I was going to ask, yeah, whether you, whether you were missing that, that kind of lifestyle of the, the pod lifestyle. Simon, 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 you have done a lot of deep diving today and I love it. <laughs> yes, good old Love Clues. One, one season and then into the sunset no, actually, yeah, we, we did make that podcast. Was that last year or the year before? I don't know. Um, yes, I love podcasts and I love podcasting and I know that it's a very specific, um, you know, skill to do, so mad respect. But I actually do miss our podcast a little bit because it's so – it was such an interesting feather to add to the clues cap because – you know, at shows or in our DMs or whatever, people sometimes say to us how much they might like our songwriting or our songs, which is always really awesome. But, but like when someone says to us, oh my gosh, I listened to the podcast and this episode really specifically spoke to me about what I was going through in my life. I'm like, oh my God, wow. That's like so special for some reason, because it's so specific. So yeah, I actually do miss it a bit. 
you guys did have some I loved personally the I guess the varied guest list that you had I think that like you went from um like pop like upsell to mm-hmm. these New South Wales to yeah. Montaigne like kind yeah. of didn't exclude anyone which I love so I thought uh that was fantastic so hopefully with any future release we do see a season two but um that is not what we're here to talk about today. We are here to talk about Everything is Heavy, which is the brand new single from Clues. So firstly, congratulations on this single. It's a, it's a, a huge track. Thanks. Yes, it's it's a, I like it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that it has passed your test because I've been yes. worried if you're releasing stuff you didn't like. Yes. <laughs> no, but thank you. Of course. Uh, this single is the... I think it's the second track that we've heard from Clues this year, uh, this year, but it's a little bit, I want to say, darker or heavier, like in, in sound. Mm. And I know that this one was produced by um, Oscar uh, Oscar from Holy Holy. Uh, firstly, where, I guess, was the inspiration from this song coming from and, and, and I guess what are those lyrics uh, touching on? Yeah, I guess it has been said a lot. Um, or a few times around the like little interviews and stuff I've been doing about the song where everyone's like, wow, it's a lot darker and a lot heavier. And it obviously intentionally is that way because, you know, it's hopefully going to be part of a bigger body of work and we wanted to have a sound that was a little darker and not more serious but had a bit more um, gravitas and had that sort of dark grungy guitar sound that we like but I don't know I think it's like as we get older not even just Grace and me as everyone gets older we start going through a lot more in life that needs to be taken seriously not that I take anything too seriously mind you but I think in everything is heavy we really let us we let ourselves go oh wow like life gets real sometimes and you have to like go through that and feel those feelings or let that really wash over you. And life is serious and heavy sometimes. And that's kind of what has come through on this song um, a bit more, which I actually, actually like, cause Grace and I are very, um, you know, water off a duck's back kind of people, I would say. But I think this song was taking a moment to be like, Oh damn, no, like sometimes, sometimes life get, gets real and it's not always in a good way, but it's always in, some kind of way. Does that make sense? I don't know. It, it, it does 100%. I very much appreciate you, um, I guess, opening up to us about it. Um, it is a brilliant track, as I've mentioned. It is slightly darker. Mm. One thing I wanted to um, talk about, I guess, is because if you go through the clues, um, social media, previous interviews, music videos, it does seem like you guys, in a very respectful way, don't take things too seriously, that there is an element of fun about the band. (laughs) Yeah. um, Meant as a compliment, let me clarify. (laughs) Um, Taken. But, but yeah, I guess with this track it did seem like there was a little bit more at play. With this in mind, when it comes to the songwriting between yourself and Grace, how do you approach writing something like this that is a little bit more serious and... Yeah, how do you sit down and kind of really tackle it with? Because I imagine that it's still it's it's a bit of fun being in the studio yourselves with Oscar, and and I guess having a song like this come out in a way that's still 
sincere, not too jokey. Yeah, totally. I actually remember there was one moment in the studio when Oscar turned around and was like, oh, that's really sad, like talking about one of the lyrics or something. And I was like, yeah, it is. But I'm just beaming the whole time when I'm in the studio. So you're right. It is like recording is really fun. But in terms of writing, I guess because um, Grace and I are sisters, so it's sort of like we're always on the same page in terms of what's going on in our lives emotionally because we're just very close as people. So it's not like we ever have to start with scratch when we're writing a song together because we kind of already know, you know, where we're at and where, what we're both going through in life. So with everything is heavy, I think I started most of it by myself um, and then, yeah, we went on I like a little songwriting trip together uh, up to our friend's property in Mudgee, actually. It's always nice when you can go away and, like, be like, this is a day we're going to write songs and have that consume your whole headspace. Anyway, we did that. Um, yeah, and we wrote, I think, the like, you know, the choruses together and finished it off, and it does come pretty easily to us because, like I said, we already have that connection to each other's lives. So it's strange when we – oh, I was reflecting on this so – much because even since that song we've both gone through like even more heartbreak even in the most in the most recent um time since we released that song and it's like even listening to it now I'm like oh we were even in a different place when we wrote it but it's still applicable to our lives so it's really strange like I hope that when people listen to it they feel like it can apply to their lives in some way and I'm going off on some sort of tangent, but it's like once you pull a little string, it all unravels out of my brain. <laughs> no, look, I, I appreciate you telling us that. I am sorry to hear that there has been further heartbreak. Uh, as, as a silver lining, hopefully we're going to get some brilliant clues music from this if we oh, have to try I've and been, find some I've been running like crazy. Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am well I'm glad to hear that um the the music video uh it it is it is darker uh both in the sense of I guess actual lighting um but Mm. in in the mood I guess one thing that did stand out from the video that I feel like is a is a trademark of all the clues videos is that there is still synchronized or choreographed dancing between the two of you it took me a few videos to be like yeah (laughs) Yeah, there's yeah. It's still elements of it, yeah. but um, Damn, Simon, this much to you. Uh, I love it. I have to have to keep on my toes, have to. Um, with, with, I guess, having these little traits in the music video, where did this start? Mm-hmm. And is it something now that you feel almost every video, even if it's a little, I'm going to try and do one, even if it's a little. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I hope you're recording the video for this podcast. Simon, Simon's <laughs> this doing the, the everything video. is heavy certified <laughs> choreography. Yeah, I don't know. I think that, well, we always make our video with the same cinematographer who's um, our really, really good friend, basically third clue sister Maya. So it helps that we've worked with the same person throughout literally, you know, every iteration of of clues video so far. So there's always obviously that common thread. And then I'm, I think that when, Hmm, when I listen to music and there are artists that I like, I love artists that do little Easter eggs or have motifs. Like when I was a teenager, I loved Taylor Swift and I loved that everything in her art could be dissected and kind of, you know, 
it wasn't just a music video. It was part of this like big crazy mind map with red threads going everywhere. So I think that just little things like that in the way that I engage with artists and listen to music has kind of, and Grace as well, has infiltrated the way that we do it in clues because we are conscious of like, oh, let's have this little motif or let's make this be a little thing that we do. Like you said, I don't know if necessarily anyone even really picks up on it, but it's just like fun for us. Like a big ethos of ours is doing things that we would like if, if we were fans of Clues, like, what would we like Clues to do? But because we are Clues, mm-hmm. we get to do it. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. It, it, you can you can have that mindset or the, the train of thought of, like, what would we want to see, but then you're also in control of executing it. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah, so it's like you get to do it. Yeah, exactly. And also, I mean, we've we've – it's not like Grace and I are – actors or have a whole band that we kind of use in the videos and they're you know it's really just us running around with Maya so any way that we can make it visually engaging sometimes little twinning dance moves helps with that so it just makes (laughs) sense of course well it it has been noticed but I think it's a, a wonderful trait that I hope does continue um very quickly before I kind of continue on with clues, I mm-hmm. guess, are you excited about this Friday? Speaking about Taylor Swift, are you excited about, I think it's the new album comes out on Friday. Yes. Okay. Now, I I thought that the new Arctic Monkeys album and the Taylor Swift album are coming out on the same day, but I could be wrong. But if so, that's like the, the, the duality of my teenage um, personality <laughs> is basically converging on whatever next Friday is. Anyway, yes, I am very excited. And it's just like. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, don't even get me started talking about other people's music because I'm the biggest music nerd slash fan. So, yeah, (laughs) I'm very excited. And there's a lot of great music in this world, isn't there, Simon? Jeez Louise. There is, there is. Look, we uh, this episode will be coming out on Friday, but if we'll, we'll still be tagging you, but if we don't hear anything, we know where you are. You'll be listening to uh, Arctic yes. Monkeys, Taylor Swift, and I think there's. I'll be on the I Reddit think... thread, so on like on like the TikTok <laughs> scroll hole, being like dissecting it all. Please let us know what you find. I'm very curious to <laughs> to see what those albums do uncover. Um, I was wondering if you'd indulge me. Obviously, you've said you and Grace do have that similar mindset because you are sisters you've come up in the band together I was wondering um 
whether you'd be able to share at least your experience with when you first found music, when you were little and, and I guess first began songwriting or, or writing lyrics. Oh, my gosh, that's such a great question. Um, when I, we first found music, what a great way to describe it. Yeah, obviously I can only speak for myself because Grace um, is not here. But I think that we were so lucky both of us, because we grew up in a very musical household and not just a musical household, like our, our dad was kind of in this like touring, like festival-ish kind of band in the States in the nineties and the noughties when we were kids. And we spent, you know, when I was maybe like eight and Grace was well, maybe younger. I don't know. Maybe when I was like six or seven and Grace was a little younger, we spent a couple of years over there on tour with them in LA and like mum was managing them. And it was just like this whole rock and roll whirlwind of literally like going on tour and, and staying in hotel rooms with the fam and kind of like helping the merch girls sling CDs at shows and hanging backstage and just like being not that you know my dad wasn't in like a big famous band it was just like something that they did and it was fun but we were totally enmeshed like fish in water to music and to what like a life in music looked like and I think that we were just so lucky to have that because I don't know it made us like I don't even understand how we learnt to sing or how we got our ear for harmony like it's literally just from mum and dad singing all the time Um, so it's hard to like find a starting point, but I do remember really clearly, um, like mum and dad had this huge CD collection that filled up like this big TV cabinet in our house. And mum one day was like decluttering everything and going through CDs and deciding which ones were going to be kept and which ones were going to go to Vinny. (laughs) And she put, um, the, she put the Jeff Buckley sketches from my sweetheart, the drunk CD, which is like his kind of the album they put together after he died in the Vinnie's pile because mom doesn't like Jeff Buckley. And I just thought like the cover was really cool. And this is when I was in year six. So I don't know how old I would have been, maybe 11 or 12. I don't know how old children are at that stage. But I like took that CD because it just for some reason I was drawn to it and I like fell totally in love with it. And I was just like, that's the first time I think that I really remember music spoke to me just organically and wasn't in the way that like, Oh, I like this because my friends like it. Or I like this because my parents put it on. I was like, no, I just like, I'm hearing this CD with cold, fresh ears for the first time. And I love it so much. And so I think that, yeah, I'll always remember that moment as being like, Oh, this is a sound that I just like completely by myself And my taste has not really gravitated away from that ever. Like I clearly just, for some reason, I like guitars and I like songwriting. Yeah, so that was a kind of strange, organic, musical moment, I guess. That's, I I love that. Yeah. That that album as well is... um, it's it's not a it's not a difficult album, but especially for someone as you mentioned, as someone in around year six or year seven, like that album is um, it's a adult album if that makes sense. That's yes, I, I love that that was what you kind of connected with. And obviously, I realized that more as I grew up and got older with it. I don't know. <laughs> at the time, I feel I probably just thought it was edgy and cool and had a crush on Jeff Buckley or something. I don't know. <laughs> 
Look, I, I think at some point we've all had a crush on Jeff Buckley, so I think that is very, very oh, fair. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> um, with coming up in the band with your sister, obviously uh, there is that connection between you two and so you're yeah. able to kind of share these experiences with one another and with someone that you are so close with. I believe that it was yourself that recently completed, I want to say completed, your honours in, um, was it a thesis? Oh, yeah. Goddamn, Simon, you are so good. I can't believe you read that far down the presser. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Why wouldn't I? Simon. You recently finished your thesis in um, female identifying artists and their experience in music. Um, And I I guess Mm -hmm. the fact that obviously it is something that you and your sister have been through, still going through, what the experiences was like in writing that and researching that and I guess what you found from it, if that makes sense. I don't know if that, if I'm, I know it's such a general question, but I guess, yeah, what, what you found, I guess what you found that surprised you in it. Hmm. Well, yeah, so I did like my undergrad, like my bachelor at uni was criminology just randomly obviously while I was being in a band at the same time, being like, I want to be in rock and roll. And then I did like, yeah, my honors thesis project was like you said, women identifying artists experiences of like gender discrimination and sexual violence in the music industry. And I started it probably just before the big, big, big me too movement kind of happened in Australian music. Um, And then, yeah, I finished my thesis kind of just before like the big national inquiry um, review came out and everything. So it was a really crazy time to be doing it because it felt really um, exciting because everyone's been talking about this a lot more. But it was also pretty, I don't know. It's something I'm really into. Like I I think I'm going to be doing my PhD in it over the next few years, hopefully starting next year. So I'm kind of like want to be in that world because I love – I just love being a woman in rock music and I love seeing other women on stage and taking up spaces that weren't there even when I was a kid like 20 years ago, which doesn't seem like that long ago. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was really it was really strange because obviously with the whole Me Too movement, um, you know, and all the work that's been done, by people like Jaguar Jones and everything in Australian music, it shouldn't really be a surprise to anyone that gender discrimination is huge in the industry because it's a male-dominated industry and obviously it's a microcosm of society in general and, you know, sexual violence. And and gender discrimination are very kind of, um, you know, omnipresent everywhere. But it was interesting because I spoke to women who work in music. It was a primary research project, so I spoke to, like, eight women um, or women-identifying artists. And the women who were closer to my age or, like, maybe around, like, 30 years old were able to reflect on their careers in music and how much positive change has been happening and how, you know, we're obviously moving in a good direction in terms of representation and gender parity in music. But I think the biggest surprise to me was speaking to a couple of younger women who had started their careers in the last couple of years 
um, you know, who were maybe like literally 18, 19 and they already had experiences of being told, oh, you need to avoid this guy producer or, oh, you know, men are being really inappropriate to them, machos, or they, like they had, and obviously it's a bit heavy to talk about, but they had experiences of, of gender discrimination and experiences on the spectrum of sexual violence that you would think are starting to be stamped out in music. And I was just surprised that women who were younger and had come to the industry sort of within this Me Too era and post Me Too era were still experiencing that. So I think it's just like important for people to realise that it's a huge issue that isn't going to be kind of solved overnight, I guess. So that was that was big for me, but it was an amazing project, and yeah, it just made me so happy to be working in music. One hundred percent. Well, I can only imagine. I haven't obviously haven't had uh, the ability to read it. Um, if it does get published one day, I do look forward to to reading it. But um, I imagine that it was doing quite a lot of good work from there. And as you mentioned, um, I think that. Oh, and it's difficult to say from a, I can acknowledge from a straight male's perspective that um, that there are slow changes, but probably not enough, not quickly enough either. Um, but hopefully that is going to change and that we do see that balance kind of come back and give a little bit more power to to women and to, to people of colour and in the loveliest way, and I mean no offence to anyone with this, but like, I feel like we've all heard the white man's story enough times now. It's 2022. Let's kind of make space for, for some other people. Oh, Simon, it's so true. Yeah, and it's so nice to hear you say that because it is, it is true. Like there's a lot of work that needs to be done in most, in most male-dominated industries. Um, you know, a lot of like these spaces need to be decolonized and they need to have room for people you know, not just women, for for gender diverse people and like several people of colour and everything. And there's there's obviously like a big shift happening, I think maybe collectively in society as a whole. Like I think we're moving to a to an amazing kind of progressive place. But it is comforting, I think, to look back and be like, damn, like I look around our scene and I'm like, there's a lot more girl bands around now than there were like eight years ago and I'm like that's fucking awesome and so cool and so yeah I think that it's happening agreed agreed I think even we won't we won't focus on this for too much longer but I would agree even just seeing the volume of female identify female identifying artists even this year that have put out fantastic music I think a lot of the best of end of year list you'll see this year will be predominantly female or genre um uh sorry um gender diverse um people as well so totally with that we'll 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 put that uh to rest um i would love to talk about going on tour because i know that you've been playing shows all this year with the likes of hockey dad boy and bear um Mm -hmm. we mentioned oscar before with holy holy but you are about to head out on the road next week Uh, And then throughout December, January and Feb for some shows of your own, how are you feeling about Mm -hmm. getting uh, the band back out on the road and playing some some shows of your own? Oh, so good. We definitely got thrashed by touring at the start of this year, which we were so happy about, obviously, because, you know, not much touring had been happening in the couple of years prior to that. But 
yeah, after after we did a lot of touring inside this year, Grace and I were like, oh my god, we need to just stop for a second and like recuperate. Um, which was strange for us because we haven't really had a chance to be like a relentlessly touring band yet. We try and play a lot, but it's definitely it's definitely an interesting experience being on the road so much. But it was amazing. Um, but yeah, we've had a little break now, and we are ready to rock. Literally, I think that the Clues shows have become like so fun for us, and I think also like the more we put out more music the more people sing our songs back to us that shows and we start to realise, oh, my God, it's still crazy to me that someone comes to a show, like, specifically to see us and they'll be, like, singing this specific song and come up to us afterwards and be like, oh, I like, you know, yeah, this lyric or whatever. And it's just, I'm just like, oh, my God, that is so cool. Um, so, yeah, playing shows is very, very special to us and it's something that, like, we want to do. We want to be a live band. We want to be a touring band. And we are and it's just, like, so fun. So yeah, I'm feeling really good about it. And yeah, the shows have definitely become something that we think about a lot and we always try and level up the, what the live show is going to be. So yeah, we've got like some little festival things and then a bunch of headline shows in January, I think, um, which will kind of be, yeah, super fun, but we're feeling good about it and we can't wait. I have spoken to a few people who are feel that have the same sentiment. They can't wait. Um, we are an Adelaide-based podcast, so I think you're here in February, so we're looking forward to seeing yes, you then. Yes, it's going to be our first time playing at the Cranker. <laughs> Don't people call it the Cranker? That is exactly what they call it. I love that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, that's like, oh, my God. I'm, I didn't actually know that you were in Adelaide. The last time we went to Adelaide, we haven't been there that much, but it was for a Boy and Bear show. And we had the most sensational time and we weren't going to go to Adelaide on this like January tour. And I specifically said to Harry, our amazing booking agent, I was like, please, 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 let's go and do a headline show in Adelaide. So um, if everyone could come down to the Cranker, that would be great because, uh, yes, it's gonna. we don't know Adelaide that well, but I, I think very fondly of it. <laughs> well, please, if, if you need any tips, please reach out, but I'll make sure that myself and others are there at the Cranker in Feb. Oh, Simon, you're a VIP for life. Don't even worry. Yes, thank you. Um, (laughs) uh, I guess for those people starting out, for for younger musicians who are starting out, do you have any advice on or like a top two things that you have found that are important to kind of maintain while on tour or on the road? Oh, my gosh. I feel I don't know if I'm qualified to give advice on this, but I would just say... (laughs) It's actually an interesting one because I, the at least this whole year, I don't drink at, or at least I say I don't drink, but at the moment I really haven't been drinking like at all. Stone cold sober. I don't think I drank on tour last time and it really was awesome. And I was like, I feel so good. Not that I drank a lot anyway, but it was definitely like interesting. Yeah. If you're not, I don't really do the whole like tour party girl vibe because I like to sleep and I like to not be hungover. So I don't know. It depends how much um, you want to get amongst it. But I, my one tip for people going on tour is, like, say hello to as many people at your show as possible because that's how you make friends in cities that aren't your hometown. So that would be, like, my big – I don't know why I went on my non-drinking rant, but, like – 
try and stay hydrated and say hi to people. They're my two tips. I think they're brilliant tips. They're, they're, they're basics, but like something that people forget. I think they're top, fantastic tips. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Um, Lily, lastly, we would usually ask our guests um, what they're currently listening to, if there's anything that's currently on high rotation for yourself. Oh, my God. Okay, yes. All right, let, <laughs> let me think. Um, well, my big album this year, like the album, has been the Fontaine's DC record, which I don't even know if that came out this year or last year. You know how time kind of blurs together. But, yes. um, oh, my gosh, I've been listening to a lot of Fred again of all his new mm-hmm. um, singles. There's a couple of huge, huge, huge bangers on the Tavlo album that Maya, my housemate, put me on to. And what else? The Kid Cudi album is really amazing. I really like that. And also the Alex G album. Oh, my gosh, Runner from that Alex G album. I think it's like the second or third track. is so good. So I don't know, I have a pretty mixed bag of what I've been listening to at the moment, but I also went through a really dry spell up until like probably a month ago and I just wasn't, usually I'm really onto it trying to like find new music all the time, but I don't know, I think it's strange when, like when we're in a big stage of recording or writing or making music, you kind of go into a bit of a tunnel of like your own um, sound, I guess. And so yeah. only in the past few weeks I've been like, all right, who's out there? What's going on? So that, <laughs> that little list that I just rattled off has been my, like, total soundtrack of life over the past, like, I don't know, couple of months. That's very cool. It was, as you mentioned, it is a bit of a mixed bag, but I love that. I think that variety, it's terribly cliche and it's something that everyone's mum or dad says, but variety is the spice of life. It's good. It's great to have oh, that kind yeah. of mixed totally. genre. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, Lily, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast today. I do appreciate it. Uh, we will be putting the uh, links to the shows across the next few months in the podcast show notes so everyone can come see you. But uh, congratulations on the new single, Everything is Heavy. Simon, thank you. You are actually a damn delight. This has really lifted my spirits. I had a wonderful time. <laughs> that's our show a massive thank you to lily richardson for her time everything is heavy is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy tickets to see clues on their tour we also want to give a huge shout out to bronwyn at sony music australia for helping out with today's interview if you like this show please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released release new shows each wednesday and friday morning and we now have a patreon which you can find within the show notes of this episode You can follow the player's profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.